Sweet. I can hear you as well as well. Where are you, out in the fucking barn? No, I'm in my garage. No. Same thing. Yeah, Same pretty thing. much. Nice. Uh, yeah. It is already recording, so we will just fire just right into it, and we'll see what happens. I don't really have anything special other than kind of I want to bank one of these, get somebody else on here, and uh, also see what's, what the fuck's doing before we show up and, <clears throat> you know take on the title yeah. take on the title oh shit oh shit hey everybody before we get started i just want to thank southwest turf support as being the primary sponsor of the from the jingweeds podcast now southwest turf support supplies golf courses and professional sports fields with the highest quality products and services southwest turf support is based out of phoenix arizona they also cover new mexico las vegas and southern california some of the product lines that they cover is Florentine, Grow Power. They just picked up Turf Mend. They also distribute Guru Turf Colorants, which makes Desert Canyon green as shit. They also cover Ninja Tines, JRM Incorporated, and also Par West Turf Service products. If you do have any questions or interest, please reach out to www.swturfsupport.com. On that website, you can find a full lineup of all their products, and also you can find their sales reps and find out which one you're going to call within your area. Once again, I just want to thank having you guys on board, www.swturfsupport.com. Thank you. Mention that you heard them on the Jingweeds. Later. Stay best. Hey, everybody. Welcome oh. to episode number 109, I believe. I don't know. I stopped counting after 102, I think. Uh, brought a little guest on. We are heading up to... Tahoe area for the Jingwein Invitational. We're going to take on Stutzman and his three horsemen, uh, one of them. Now the, I guess your second appearance, but kind of your third appearance, because we did two and one when I was up there, is uh, Spencer yes. Nelson. He's at Incline Village or Vin Incline Golf Club? Incline Village. Incline Village. And that is right in the Tahoe area. See or no? Yeah, yeah. We're like a mile from the lake. Nice. Oh, sweet. So we are playing your golf course when we go up there. Uh, yes. Looking forward to it for sure. I sent a couple YouTube videos to my team, and uh, we're all excited to head up there in the woods. But uh, yeah. what's uh, what's been going on in the golf world up there, in, or in life up there in that area? Man, it's... It's just another, uh, another busy golf course. We're kind of a factory from basically... June, July, and August, we're doing 220 to 250 a day, so it's just go, 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 get get the course mode and get out of the damn way. Uh, weather been good so far this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's or typical. typical Reno, Tahoe, you know, hot, dry, no rain. We got four-tenths of rain all summer now. Oh, nice. Just came a couple weeks ago. Well, I'm glad it's not going to rain while we go up there, so... No. Tough shit if you don't get any. I want good golf. Uh -huh. and, and dry golf. Right. Yeah, we're finally just getting little monsoony. Uh, well, not really finally, but we've had some monsters sporadically throughout the valley. But as far as at my house and my golf course, it's been kind of a, I would say, a smidge above average at best. But nothing like the old monsoons. Uh, some areas out here have been getting fucking nuked. Like the West Valley the other night was just 
I mean, floods power out for hours and hours. Can you imagine power out and it's 95 degrees with right now with the monsoons, probably 59, 60% humidity when you wake up in the morning and nothing to cool you down, no AC? Fuck, Fuck that. that. Exactly. You got to go run around out in the street in your underwear just to fucking drop to <laughs> cool off. It's like the other day I was telling somebody, this is, or maybe Monday or Tuesday, it was so sticky. It was like that was the day where you go from hole to hole and you take the extra up around the backside, take the road the whole way just to get off the fucking humidity, just yeah. to cool down. When you got going, you got a big old fucking fat stick you're smoking. Oh yeah, no, I'm a I'm a I'm a cigar guy, so I got got cigar and a beer. Nice. I well, I think after this, uh, I had kind of mentioned that we can record at X time, and, and most of it's due to around. I'm supposed to go meet my wife and uh, I believe one of our coworkers and the new dude. We're gonna meet the new dude, right? Nah. Uh, but we're going to Magnum's, which is right across the street, cigar and whiskey bar. It's fucking awesome. Cool. It's got a uh, like a speakeasy in the back. You go in the front door, and it's like a old like a packy, you know, a bunch of bottles of booze. And then you can kick the big door on the back open, and it just turns into this really cool, old school kind of looks like an old men's back room poker table style. Uh, the guys are wearing you know their vests and their button ups. Every one of them's got fucking tons of tattoos and big old fat beard. <laughs> But bunch of cigars, really good whiskeys. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that after we bounce off of this thing. So what else is going on? Just you guys are work, 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 work until when? Snow stops or snow comes? Uh, it's kind of different. Every course is different. Um, we've got a hard close date of October 16th. So last day, October 16th, and we'll kind of start aerating some teas and approaches and shit here and there before we close but then it's just by that time you know winter could be a week away two weeks away it could snow a foot on october 16th so we're just going like hell that next week trying to get everything aerated yeah you just try to get it done because you don't know right yeah oh uh, yeah and then what and then we Kind of hang out. When I went, when I went up there and met all you guys, you guys were in the full fledge of hanging out for the most part. You know, I'm sure there's plenty to do, plenty to rebuild, plenty to putz around with, but it was in the thick of we ain't doing shit. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it really the weather's going to dictate what happens. If it's a mild winter, I got tree work for years you know yeah. it'll just never end so we'll be out cutting trees like crazy and i am looking forward it, to finally play a tree-lined golf course i'm not gonna lie when i yeah, when well, i did the videos i was like oh that's gonna be so awesome are those things like ponderosa pines um so yeah we've got ponderosa pine jeffrey pine uh got a lot of like cypress on our course just kind of here and there or uh, cedar, sorry. Okay, so and, basically a lot of shit that you can get, you can hit it out into, but you can go find your ball and maybe, maybe get it back maybe, out. Maybe, but there's there's a lot of grass underneath it oh, too. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would, yeah, definitely bomb that bitch out there wherever <laughs> you want to go. Just fucking wail on it, dude. <laughs> Swing as hot as I can. Perfect. Yeah. And then, yeah, sure, you can find it. No problem. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find it. I want to see your shoe come off. <laughs> 
Oh, great pointers, great pointers from the home Absolutely. field advantage. Mm. Uh, Stutzman sent me over the handicaps uh, of the guys. <laughs> yeah. um, we got ourselves a nice little battle. You guys yeah. are loaded with twos, and then you at a 13, which is a normal fucking golfer. And then uh-huh. I think where I'm at eight, Ryan's at seven something, Andrew's at five, and then Casey's a half. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I fucked up yesterday. Stutzman and I played first off at Grizzly Ranch, and uh, I shot the best round I've ever fucking oh, shot. Nice going. I like that. <laughs> I fucking yeah. definitely like that. Yeah. So that dropped the handicap a whole point right Ooh, there. Oh, nice. I do like that. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. even. You know, we'll handicap the whole thing. I was talking with, uh, I think we're going to get together, me, Casey, and Andrew, on maybe Thursday coming up this week. And we'll set all the games. We have a pretty good parameter that we work off every year. We'll do a, a team uh, day, first day out, uh, play with your own team, kind of do the 3 2 1. Uh, it helps out. And we'll pick captains of the team somehow, some way. And. Uh, then captain's picks for individual matches and things like that through the four rounds. But we'll have points all over, just exactly like a Ryder Cup. Uh, daily yeah. daily payouts. Uh, yeah, we were looking at the whole list you know, of games. And, of course, compared from last year, we only played three rounds. We were playing four this year. So we'll have to add okay. another, which will be a whole bunch of more points and more money passed around. And I think I sent you guys <laughs> originally right away is you know it's uh, i think we had 200 bucks and i sent to stutzman i said hey we got to up it to 250 a guy because we added another round Uh Um, which is i mean it's any of these things they all come back in the end anyways because we're all you know buying beers having dinners or buying lunches and all that shit so winners pay you know some of the time most of the time but it's all about talking shit and this is the first time we go stomping into a well, the first time we've ever had a challenge, I guess. Okay. So it'll be nice to go in there and play a group that's got an advantage or is their own team rather than us splitting it up the same yeah. guys every year. So have you is this the second or third time you've done this? Uh, the Jingweeds, this is year seven. Seven? Yeah, year seven. Oh, year one was yeah. just really Casey and Andrew to um, Valentine, Nebraska, play the Prairie Club. And then I went the next year, and that's where Andrew ripped a ball on a fairway. I believe it's number three on the Dunes course. And it has a fairway that's like 160 yards wide, maybe wider. And as he was basically addressing his ball, um, the director of agronomy at the time, who is now the GM, uh, Roger Bergier, he was Andrew's boss at uh, Blackstone. Andrew was the assistant, and then Roger took the job out to Nebraska. Andrew got the job at Blackstone. So there's, you know, and that's how we got out there. He comes wheeling around the corner. It was like, hey, how's it going? You know, here's a fairway you'll never miss. And Andrew proceeded to pound it into the shit. And he just <laughs> turned and said, he's like, oh, that's in the jingweeds. And it's all that long, you know, fescue type shit, you know, out in the middle of the sand hills. Can find your ball pretty much pretty easy, but at the looks of it, it's all this wispy stuff. He says that's ripped in the jingweeds, and Casey and Roger kind of were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I don't know, it's an East Coast thing, but both me and Andrew were like, "The jingweeds is a shit." Like I just hit it in the shit, 
And that's yeah. where the name came of the Jingweeds Invitational, Invitational, which proceeded into this, which is now from the Jingweeds. I see. Uh, so, yeah, this was year seven of this. And we did, um, so Valentine, uh, and then we did, when I joined, it was Valentine, and we played one round outside of Denver that year. We've also done Colorado, California, Flagstaff, uh, Flagstaff, Sedona, Mix one year. Uh, where that Texas, we went last year, and then okay. this year heading to Tahoe. And it was really, we were supposed to go to Montana. And oh, yeah. Stutzman was like, hey, you come up here. I'll figure out the golf courses and the golf. I'll figure out where you're staying. You guys just come. And it was kind of, okay. We kind of looked at each other. It was like, someone's inviting us to go do this in Tahoe, yeah. which Tahoe was supposed to be off the list of anywhere we wanted to pick and go because a few of the wives are like, hey, if you're going to Tahoe, we're all going to Tahoe. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we were just like, hey, sorry, we got invited. So <laughs> strike when the iron's hot is our feeling. Yeah. yeah. Where, uh, so I, I've lived and worked up in Montana for a couple of years. Where were you planning to go up there? Up in the Whitefish area, Kalispell. Okay. Uh, my mm-hmm. uncle was a member many years ago at Whitefish Country Club yeah. with the two courses, the north and the south. Um, and then there's a few others that we are willing to, I think, what is it, Anaconda that's up in that area with all the black sand? Yeah, that'd be, I've played that course. That'd be a haul from Whitefish, probably. Yeah, that was another one of the problems. You know, we keep saying to ourselves that we're doing no early tee times and we're not going to drive an hour to each course. And here we are landing in Reno and driving 50 minutes to the first one, 40 minutes to the next one. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? If you got to get good golf, you got to go. But we did Colorado where we dr- woke up at 6.30 the first morning after we rolled into town basically at like 11 o'clock at night and proceeded to stay up until 3 or 4. And then oh, we had to drive two hours to Cordillera. Yeah. But No, thank you. Some of it's part of the, you know, played the short course first and then uh, played the mountain course. You know, so I think, what is it, the, I forget what hole it is, but I believe one of the tee boxes is the highest elevated tee, like teeing area in the lower 48. So it's just one of those, knock that off, but it's so memorable that I can't even tell you what fucking hole it is and Mm -hmm. what even the hole looks like, but good times. Yeah. Um, so what's, uh, back to what you do i guess as your daily grind compared to our daily grind what's what is going on right now other than just mowing it out of the way uh golf course pretty much at its point do you okay so you open the golf course when a hard date or when the snow is yeah i mean we have a a hard opening date but it's kind of not really decided until maybe a month beforehand okay Uh, and it was uh, May 13th this year. Okay. Uh, and how? what is the condition of the course then? We yeah. had probably... So this is... I, I mean, I've been there since April, so it's hard for me to compare to other years. But like my boss said, this is the best course he's ever been at opening. So typically we'd have a lot of ice damage, winter kill on yeah. the shaded sides of the fairways and rough and whatnot. Um, 
I would say when we opened, the golf course was 75 or 80%. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just a, you know, a few spots here, a few spots there and, you know, it just takes some time and some heat. Um, yeah. And then, you know, right now it's try and get out in front of golf and check the greens, hand water what you can. Um, we'll send some guys out to, you know, fuck edge curbs and that kind of bullshit, hand yep. water tees, stuff you can kind of do and play. And, yeah. What kind of uh, crew size are you looking at? What do you got? Shit, including me and my boss and the foreman, we're at 16 right now. 16, but you have a short course there, right? Like the mountain course is... Yeah, so the mountain course, my boss oversees both courses. I'm basically just at the champ course, and there's an assistant who basically is only at the mountain course. Um, So up there, it's him and three other guys. For the mountain? What kind of acreage are you talking Man, I don't know on the mountain course. Um, it, it's not that big. Yeah, it's like 2,900 yards, nine-hole little guy or something like that. I mean, I was kind of, I was Googling incline. Hey, where are we playing? I'm going to go do the flyby. I'm going to fucking map out my my clubs. Kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and I realized, I was like, holy shit, we got a little par three? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Is it yeah. fun as shit? I honestly have not even played oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I know. Oh I need to, but like god. I said, I got I got two hundred and fifty people a day playing the the champ course, the big course, and then the other course is I don't know what numbers we're doing up there, but it's fucking packed too. So. Yeah, is uh, is your area full time residents or are we tr- like vacationers in your area? In Incline Village itself, it's I don't know exactly what the numbers are. There's a lot of people that are you know kind of snowbirds come and go whenever they want to. It's it's a big money area, so there's a lot of people with multiple homes. But okay, I I, I would guess it's maybe fifty fifty full time residents. I just wondering where you get all the play from, you know what come where does it come from? Some of each. So Incline's kind of a it's a weird deal. So it's Incline Village General Improvement District. So I technically work for the city or the municipality or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yep. Um. So as a homeowner or a resident of Incline Village, you can pay your recreation fee, which I think is like eight hundred dollars, and that gives you access to the beaches, the rec center, um, get, and then gives you discounts at the, um, the ski hill and the golf course. I think that's it. Um, so if you pay your $800 rec fee, then you can get a golf pass for like two grand, play as much as you want. That's not a bad deal. If you got that kind of cashola. Yeah. You know, actually, that's a yeah. You got to buy a steal house, but yeah. What's it? Uh, what's it cost to ski up there? Is that high dollar as well? Like, if you buy it's into not, all of that, it's not super crazy. Just because it's a pretty small resort, um, they don't they aren't the biggest, but you know, great views of the lake. Actually, they're like voted the best view of the lake. Um, they've got the best children's ski program, so they're trying to you know kind of catered and not the 
yeah, this the, year going hard and big, but the people that just want to have a good time. Right. Yeah. That's cool. What's uh what's biggest challenges you guys have at that place? Like what do you fight all the time? Is it is it employees? Is it a disease that you guys deal with? Is it just golf in general? Is it the amount of traffic it is or is it just like everywhere else? It's the same fucking thing. Is it water? Is it can you fertilize? Because you're like, what's the do you have restrictions because of that lake? So that's actually funny. Um, so I'll get to the water. Obviously, finding employees is fucking hard right now. Um, we actually hired a guy probably in May, kind of right before the season started. You know, interviewed him, said, Hey, we're going to pay you 17 bucks an hour. You got no experience. That's our starting wage. Um, and because we're a municipality, it's actually, you know, we've got like HR and all these big departments. So kind of all the, the paperwork stuff we don't have to deal with. We just got to make a time for him to go do that. So we get on the, the calendar to make a time for this kid to go do his paperwork at HR. And we see his name's already on there. Look, what the hell's going on? So we call HR after he had been down there already. And say, hey, what's going on with this guy? We hired him. He was supposed to go do his paperwork. And the HR lady says, oh, yeah, I told him he needed to talk to you, but the kitchen hired him. Okay, what's he doing in the kitchen? Well, he's going to be a dishwasher. We're like, why would this guy take a dishwasher job instead of, I mean, he wanted to work outside. He liked to play golf. And we're like, that doesn't add up. She says, well, they offered him $22 an hour. What the fuck? So, yeah, what am I, what am I doing? Our company is shooting ourselves in the foot because now we're paying dishwashers 22 bucks an hour. And I got guys that have been there for 23 years that are making 21. Right. Yep. No, I have, uh, where Leah's working at, uh, the pizzeria Bianco. I played with my friend who's, I've been buddies with for 15 years or whatever his, is her boss there used to be her boss at four peaks brewery. And I was asking the same thing. I'm like, what are you guys paying, you know, expos and, you know, these dishwasher, you know, the lowest, you know, the starting job, the, the floor sweeper of the restaurant industry. And he said, 20, 22 bucks an hour. And I was like, okay. So we, again, we are not losing any one of our guys to our own fucking industries. You know, we're losing them to... It's, I can't find it any easier. I would, I've never thrown up at work. I would throw up on the regular dealing with someone else's food they didn't eat, you know, or the smell or the grease. That's not for me. And I don't find it that it's any easier or any more difficult than what we're doing. So, but we're still not even, you know, I kind of find is that is a, Hey, the shit's gotta be clean right regardless you can say oh he's the lowest man on the totem pole i don't it but he makes you're no more important he or she's no more important than you serving the fucking like making the food because if the plate ain't fucking clean you ain't putting your food on there same kind of deal greens are mowed cups aren't cut but there should be like an even playing field there a little bit or at least our industry needs to look over the fence a little bit and be like all right where are our floor sweepers or our entry level? Where right. are they at amongst, you know, where are the people that are, you know, making beds 
and making sure your hotel room is clean every goddamn time. Sounds to yeah. me like a pretty fucking important job, so you probably want to get a good one. You yeah. Know, you want bed bugs? Then fine, pay them fucking 12 bucks an hour. You want yeah. it fucking decent and shit folded and make it look feel like a home when you walk in? 22 bucks an hour. Yeah. Same same kind of deal. But uh fuck that is that's funny. So yeah. so he's been cleaning dishes ever since, I'd imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loving it too, right? Of course. I don't know. Hell <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, for twenty two bucks an hour, I was about to ask if they had any like swing shifts. No I shit. Up. Yeah, this podcast ain't doing fucking dick. So might as well yeah. go scrub some dishes. I cl- hell I clean mine at my own house for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny shits. Uh-huh. Yeah, but back to the golf course. Um, water. I mean, we don't have the challenges you guys do. Again, we kind of got it made because we are the general improvement district. So that district also oversees sewer, water treatment, um, trash, a couple other things. So they actually suck water out of Lake Tahoe, treat it, and that's the drinking water for Incline Village. And that's the water that we get to irrigate with. Oh, wow. So, and yeah. obviously that lake is filled simply by snowpack. Yeah. Or the, or the runoff, right? Yeah. But, I mean, the amount of drinking water that a golf course and a few thousand residents are going to go through, or I mean, that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you almost have to get rid of it a little bit, right? I think Stutzman well, said that's kind no, of the same the, thing. There's a few areas where you, it's almost like, all right, if you're not using it, we've got to, because we have no place to put this, because we're right. waiting for the next snowfall, which is going to cause the cycle. You know, it sounds. And the lake, I mean, it goes up and down probably more than you would expect. And, and I can remember this probably four years ago. The lake was, I think, at its all-time low. And they said this is going to take, you know, 50 years to get back to its average level. And then we got the biggest, biggest winter on record and in like fucking 10 days the lake is back to where it was you know so we're like all right so it's it's mother nature you're never gonna you know out guess her yeah true and it's also kind of big ups to the people that decided to fucking drop anchor there and they were just like oh wow this seems like sustainable shit i think we can deal with this rather than out here it was i swear they stopped when they ran out of everything right and, you the know and it was like fucking, the, yeah, the wheel fell off they found one the only creek running through somewhere and they were just like this is the spot and a guy mm-hmm. went to go take a shit he shoved the shovel in the ground and fucking there was a little shiny metal rock it was like what can we do with this? Make wires out of it? Copper? Hell yeah. fucking yeah. And yeah. then everybody and their mother came running, and now it's... Well, it had to be fucking January the guy dug that hole, because if he did it in August, yeah. he was fucking not staying. <laughs> no, no, fuck no. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to get real good. I think they found, which is insane, I think they found their sixth body in Lake Mead, like... The one that was exposed yeah. from drying out. Sixth or sixth hundred? <laughs> My guess is that place <laughs> is fucking full of them. Full right? of them. I mean, if I was running Vegas in those in the early days, that sounds to me like the perfect spot for it. 
Right. And if a fucker goes through the turbine, even better. You know, yeah. less less fingerprints. <laughs> they catch me on. But yeah, there's so much. It's so low. It's so sad. And yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think the pipe has. They need to really work on the desalination. Uh, yeah. You know, there's an ebb and flow. There's, you know, for me, my feeling is, you know, the climate change thing. No, it's just the world does its thing. You know, you go back a bazillion years. I'm sure there's all sorts of records that say the same fucking thing happened all the time. And it's the flow of it all. We're just all here inhabiting it at the, at the time where it's on a quote unquote downside, you know, downswing. So yeah. we're just going to live through it. Hopefully it takes out, you know, it'll balance itself. I'm not saying hopefully it's going to take out, but I kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, they tried that with the last thing and it didn't take out as many as they fucking wanted. Still left the idiots. It just took the old ones. It was like, fuck, those people had, that was the wisdom. The wisdom just went out the door you know, <laughs> instead of these other idiots. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it'll flow its way through and I don't know, maybe not, you know, our generation's kids, but their kids it's that'll be interesting, I think, is yeah. where where everything sits at that point. Um yeah. th- it's gonna be banana I mean it's gonna be banana lands by the time we at, head out of here in thirty years. You know, I can't imagine in, picture what happened in the last thirty years to now what is going to happen in the next 30 that's going to change everything and but by then our industry will be playing on weight you know back to what we deal with desaling is going to be easy as shit i would imagine cleaning everybody's flushed toilet water in the next 30 years if that's not cleaned and drinkable in like a fucking second like literally Flush it, it's clean, and you could scoop in the back of the toilet and drink it. That If the technology's not there in 30 years, right? what the fuck are we doing? You know? Yeah, where you, your house is just a closed system. You don't even have a water pipe. You're just fucking recirculating your own shit. Yeah, and the way we... Well, what we've come from in 30 years to now, you would expect that should be like a... That should probably almost be able to happen now. Yeah. And we've got to get to that point, you know, in order not really to save us, but I guess minimize the damage. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, I think the desal thing, but I understand the pipelines are going to be tough. Be tough to run a pipe from fucking the Pacific Ocean. Oh, give the, me a break. There's a fucking big ass pipe running from Alaska. Like, it, it can't be that hard to run a pipe. Again, True. we're talking about what's where's the technology going to be in thirty years, right? Or who's collecting off of it? You know, who's yeah, yeah. the who's the ultimate money maker at the end of the day? Yeah. Hey, you know. Elon, we need some water. Figure it out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and he's my guy. I'm pushing all the chips in with that fucker. I'd mm-hmm. push them all, and if his stock wasn't so expensive, I would my chips would be in his pile. Yeah, you know, dudes, he's got it and he's figuring it out. Um, that's another thing that will be interesting to the whole electricity. You know, you see, I don't know, you, uh, I know you're a truck guy, but a car guy, 
you know, Dodge releases that fucking muscle car. The Challenger and the Charger are now going to be electric. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have basically a sound system in there. So when you hit the gas, it comes up through yeah. your ears. It's going to sound like a rumbling V8 in your head while you're driving yeah. this thing. But there's a lot of people that are like, this is bullshit. I don't know. I think I know the technology or roughly. But isn't it more like the more we go that direction, isn't that going to harm more of the environment by being able to make and produce the battery and dispose of the battery when it dies in all the coal that you have to run in order to produce this electricity and mine the lithium and all the shit is even way worse but yep. as long as all you do is say electricity electricity burns clean yeah at uh-huh. the far end of it everyone's at like yeah end. we're doing it turn my fucking charger into a fucking vacuum cleaner it goes fast. Yeah. So. So two things on that. So when I took my new job, I needed, I've got basically a 40 minute commute, right? So yeah, I'm a truck guy. You said it. Like I've driven a truck my whole life. I just bought a fucking plug-in hybrid Mini Coopers so I can get 50 miles a gallon. Do you take out the front seat and you have to sit in the back in order to fucking. Dude, it's hilarious because. That car has more room than anything I've driven. Really? That is a it's, riot. I would imagine a can opener to get in and yeah. out of that fucking thing. Nope. Do you but, have the, Do you uh, have the one with the British flag on the roof? No, oh, no. Didn't go there. No. <laughs> that would have been classic. No. But in the same token, I'm a big hunter, and my favorite bird hunting spot, they're talking about building a lithium mine so i'm like what the fuck fuck that you know yep meanwhile i got a big lithium battery in my driveway (laughs) oh that's fucking that's awesome though how uh will you go all right so what's your experience on that thing is it the coolest little zippy car ever oh it's a blast i mean i'm driving a mountain road it's twisty it's turny and the thing just fucking rips i mean i'm doing like steadily 65 miles an hour on my way to work up a 35 mile an hour road nice so did, did you think right away italian job when you got that thing you were just ready oh, to, zip to think through the, I, through the local mall came out. <laughs> yeah that's awesome i always thought those things are fucking cool but i was always uh they're expensive you know they're pricey i'm i don't know i'm sure you got the fucking used one right would you yeah, go and get a brand I, I, new one? It had thirty five thousand miles on it. Came off a lease, you know. I paid like twenty nine for it. Perfect. Yeah. At least you don't have to buy, drive the big rig up and down the hill. Well, that's just it. I did the math on driving my fucking truck there, and it was going to cost me like thirteen thousand a year in gas. So. Holy shit! <laughs> what is fuel up there right now? Uh, like. I put premium in the mini and it's five fifty five. A Gatlin? Yeah. Wow. We just the ones right next door to the house. The Costco is three seventy five, but the real gas station yeah. right by the house is uh just went to three ninety five. God just, damn. Yeah. So it's Hey, when you come up here to play golf, bring a couple fifty five gallon barrels, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring <laughs> Ziploc baggies. Just tie those up. You got an empty tote sitting in your yard somewhere? 
I'll bring the fucking recycle bin that I put out in front of my house. When that shit was going down, it was so funny seeing the videos of people fucking putting gas into like grocery bags. And they go to, you know, it's sitting on the ground. They're filling up and then they go to pick it up and the gas is already eaten through the bag and it just (laughs) blows out onto the ground. It's like, seriously? Like, what the fuck, people? What are you fucking doing? Right? Holy shit. So what do you, uh, I'm going to hit pause, I'm going to take a piss, and then we're going to come back for a beer review, and i got to grab the other beer. All right, so let me just hit, yeah, she turned one today. So Oh, man. It's funny that, so I'm back, right? And we got beers, and I'm going to do this review, and Peter brought this when he came for the 100th episode, but we proceeded to get, we had a bazillion beers to review on that day, and by the time we were done, we never got to this. And I was like, oh, I, you know, there. I know there's a dog on that thing, and it's kind of been tucked into the back of the uh, refrigerator. And that's the can with the dogs on it. Oh shit! Going, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'll do that. And I didn't even realize it's called the Birthday Girl, Abby. Oh. So we're gonna call it Birthday Girl Frankie. It's a West Coast IPA. Uh it is. Who is this? It's uh, Bottle Logic Brewery from Anaheim, California. Six point sixty-nine percent. Hmm. Interesting. Interestingly good. Not super boozy. Definitely not bitter or. Like I've said, I think I've said that for a couple of these beers. It's like, that's not bitter at all. And then when I do like the write-up of the beer, you're typing in like 87 IBUs. It's like, how did I not find that that fucking thing was not bitter? This, I do not see it. Yeah, it's my taste buds are changing. Oh, I do not know that. But I would say, well, it's... uh, Nope, it's got a couple different hops in it. Simcoe and Idaho 7 hops. Uh, Idaho 7, I believe, is typically bitter. It's a good beer. It's par beer. It's nothing blows my socks off, but it's uh, a little dog with his little bone and little birthday hat, and it's Frankie's birthday, so fuck it. There par you go. beer. Right on. So I've got, I bought this one for the can, and it's, it's a fucking good label. This is the Zombie Duck Hunter. And it's oh, kind nice. of a throwback to the old NES, you know, yep. duck hunt. Got the little guy with some dead ducks here. That game this was is, a shit. Right? Beer Zombie Brewing Company in... Shit, I thought I saw Fresno on here. I don't know. I that is a fucking it. sweet label, though. That is a great can. Great can. Those, um, those birds are fucking destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, standard IPA, par beer, nothing. What kind of alcohol exciting. level? Does it say uh, the, the ABV? 7.2%. I got no IBUs on here. It wasn't super, super hoppy by any means. And who's it from? Zombie, zombie Beer Company? Beer, beer Zombie oh, Brewing beer zombie. Company. Where's it from? San Marcos, San Diego County. 
place is loaded with breweries. Oh, so many. This place is becoming out of control, which is totally fine with me, but there's some really good spots uh, out here. And more to come, uh, more bottle shops opening up and tap rooms. Those are... Probably if I had to lean, I'd go into those more. You walk in there and there's just refrigerators of singles and then place, yeah. you know, got 30 beers on tap and plus some, you know, if you can get some wine and some whiskeys thrown in there. There's one in downtown Mesa that opened not too long ago. It's the, uh, it's connected to the Beer Institute. It's an arcade, old school mm. pinball machines and arcade games up and down. So it's like an old school arcade that just serves beers at it. But it's not way better than a Dave and Buster's, you know, type of place with Chuck E. Cheese. You know, it's real video games. What is that you're drinking? Dude, so I just opened this. This is the Illa Vanilla from Full Circle Brewing, 6.5% Milkshake IPA. That's a cool can, too. That's a good can, too, yeah. But that tastes like fucking cream soda. Oh, had this debate with my wife the other day. I I wonder how it is as a beer. Is it stouty? No. I mean, it says it's an IPA, but it's got to be 6.5%. Again, no IBUs listed, but I guess it's around... 35 or 40 like it's yeah maybe it kind of comes on the back but i hate I, I would never i would never have guessed i was an ipa are you a cream do you like cream soda as a <sighs> i had a bad experience <laughs> <laughs> oh do tell do tell <laughs> oh fuck all right you dug the hole <laughs> So I was in sixth grade and my cousins were in town and it it was during school. They picked me up from school. We were going to go fishing. So I hop in the truck and they got a six pack of IBC cream soda sitting there. So I grab one and crack it open, take a big old swig and it was fucking straight piss. They fucking poured out the cream soda, pissed in all the bottles Recap them. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't do cream soda anymore. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) But you think the beer's okay? It's all right. Um, It's drinkable. It's probably one of those good on the first sip, eh, on the second. It's going to be interesting to see what you think on towards the middle of the end of that because i had one the other day it was uh it's from drecker brewing company in north dakota i can't think of the name of it but it was like a um italian ice the real red maybe raspberry blackberry flavor yeah and on the first sip it was like oh, that's just like the Italian ices that you would get off of the ice cream truck back in the day. And the second and third was like, oh, that's sweet. By the fifth one, you're like, I need insulin fucking shots. (laughs) Like, this is not good. 
But at the very beginning, it was like, oh, I could drink this fucking thing. And by, like I said, four or five sips in, it was like, ooh, I can't have any more of this. Yeah. It was so sweet and so like thick, but tart at the same time. First sip was great. It'll be interesting to see what you think of that thing halfway through. Yeah, I think if I drank two of these, I'd be out in the fucking petunias puking my guts out. Oh, yeesh. So how do you feel about us coming up there fucking ready to take you guys on? You got you comfortable? You think you're going to play well? Or are you, or are you just hoping that your team carries you? You guys, 2-6, two, 2-6, six, two, six, two, on the So here's the, here's the whole thing. With the handicap, I think it's going to be the other way, and I'm going to be the one carrying the fucking team. I've been... For, for those guys to try and win one of these fucking net events, they're going to they're gonna have to shoot 70, 72 or better. Uh, see, I, it's all... That's why the handicap system works. It, it all works out so good, and it takes somebody to really play a day outside of them their typical self yep. to really make a difference and that's the best part about it make it as even as even can be and that's what's cool about golf um yep. what kind of yardages you think will play out there um the, i the dingo you know i think we need to gauge what everyone is thinking but i would say typically when like mark and i go play we're playing in like the 66 6700 yard tees that's where i would typically i didn't know i didn't really ever look at what the yardages of the golf courses were but i imagine they're 7000 next is 67 66 next is 63 and then right. 59 typical but how tight are they um so we got Incline, which is yours, Grizzly Ranch, yep. which is Mike, who was on the podcast with us. He's not yep. playing with us, which I think Mike Mike Betty's stories are as hilarious as some of the other anybody else's. Yep. Um but we're playing with Drew Miller. He's at Montro, right? Which yep. you were at. Did you work with him? Yeah, so he was the I don't know. The titles were all shifted around and shitty, but he was the the next guy down the the pyramid when I was there. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Brandon Bell, who yeah. got us the rooms at uh, GSR. GSR. Um, so that helps. Mark calls me and he says, "Hey, well, I had been bugging him, so it was." Off the bat, and I'll say this, and I'd say this to Mark, and I think I did, is, you know, when he invited us to go up there, I was like, yes. And then it was, oh, yeah, we'll get you the golf. Oh, yeah, we'll help you out with rooms and whatever. And it was like no communication a little bit. And then it was like, all right, dude, this is kind of like a serious thing. Then I was like, hey, man, sorry to be like a super bitch about this and constantly asking you, but we want this to work out. And it became this... Oh, I'm having a tough time finding a fourth because you guys are busy as shit. Yeah. Right? And uh, he finally calls me. He's like, hey, I have a fourth, but he's not in the industry. I was like, who cares? We have TJ plays in ours, Drew. Our Drew plays in ours. They're not in the industry. We'll take whoever. Uh, Brian Terpays played in it. 
who cares if they love playing golf they like gambling a little bit and it's a good time there's no bitching and whining yeah absolutely you're in he says oh yeah brandon's the one that helped you out with the rooms it was like dude absolutely that's a no-brainer like he's He's part of our hospitality industry. No, he may not work on the golf course, but he's part of the reason he helps bring more people in to possibly play the golf course. So, yes, he's coming. Yeah. Uh, Mark told me he played some hoops at Marquette. <laughs> yeah. And his brother played in the league for a while, right? I think, yeah. I Mark's heard more of those stories than I have. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the rumor. Nice. So we're going to be playing with... Uh, is he tall as shit? Taller than you? No, no, oh. he's average. He's probably six foot. Oh no wonder why he didn't make it in the league forever. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> little guy, little guy. Yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be a great time. So we're playing Montro, yours, Grizzly. No, no, we're not playing Montro. No, no. Grizzly Ranch, yours. Uh I believe. Schaefer's Mill. So we also Schaefer Mill is where uh, Gus Roto is at he helped i believe built blackstone where andrew's at who's going up there and he was at seville down in gilbert for a long time from what i understand i never met him down here until i went up there to tahoe and met him there yeah uh, so funny how shit goes full circle for sure and gus is one of the funniest fucking guys hell Holy yes shit. Hell yes. He, you know what else he is, is, and I respect because I wish I or hope that I'm that guy as well. When he comes walking into the room, you go, golf course superintendent. Oh. Like, I, don't, I don't give a shit yeah. if he rolled out of bed, he worked 100 hours, or he's, he was at a wedding. You look at him and yeah. you just go, golf course superintendent. There's, what else? Yeah. Minor? You know, a tracker? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like what else is it that yeah. I think it's only one of three things possibly could mm-hmm. be and shit. I hope when I walk in, they go somewhat like that. Yeah. Oh, oh shit yourself. Uh, anything else pressing you on a cover? Um, what's your take on the live? Oh, fuck. We're going to go down the live road, huh? Well, we have to because we want to keep talking about it because the more that golf has talked about, the better that it does. I have heard, and I'm sure everyone else has, is six of them, when the uh, FedEx is over, six of them are lined up ready to go. Um, Cam Smith, uh, Cam Young is Which, probably... I don't know about that one. Okay. Uh, these are who I project it is. Uh, Hideki will go. I've been um, hearing rumors that he might not be doing it now. Okay. Patrick Cantley. Fuck, he just won today. Uh, Ricky Fowler. Well, I mean, that one made sense to me for a long time, but now he's getting off Tiger's plane going to this meeting that they had. It did. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, that was five of them. Who is the other one that is ready to go? 
I expected Adam Scott to go. Okay, okay. He let's throw him on the list. I mean, that's as good. Okay, there's six that we feel. Um, everything is changeable today, tomorrow, different. Uh, they can put all these yeah. rules in. They can back out of anything they want to do. We have two businesses. We make burgers. You make hot dogs, and we're either going to work together and make golf monstrous. Or we're going to peel it completely apart and make it political and make it red and blue and divide it up down the middle. And then you'll have your fans, we'll have ours, and you can't piss off ours and we can't piss off yours. That seems absolutely insane to me. Absolutely insane to me. And I think the more you look at, you know, you dig in, I mean, barely scratch the surface and pull away and then think logically there's a whole nother, it's not like there's a motive for it, but they are starting to see, I hope both sides are seeing that this little cause of uproar now has a lot of people engaged for whatever reason. I bet there's a yeah. lot of people that never paid attention once to golf that are now, maybe, maybe it's a political thing. That there, no, those people are never gonna walk on my land, and you know, <laughs> whatever, however they feel. But yet they sit and they buy all these products, and their house is filled with shit that's been funded by somebody else. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think it's a very, very good thing. Do you hear? Are you guys talking about it? Like, do you hear your yourself, your boss, your pro, everybody that's involved in golf, just chatting about it, like? Like it's a good thing for our industry, right? So I kind of go two ways on this because I, I do agree. Anytime we're talking about it or the, the general public, the masses are talking about it, it's a good thing. As someone who loves golf and wants to see the best golfers compete, now we've got a, a rift, right? So... Whoever wins the tour championship, are they the best golfer? Because there's fucking 48 guys that can't play. Well, there's more than and, 48. The list well, is, yeah. the list is, I think, in the 60s at this point that are on that, which yeah. it's going to be called live because it's 48, but it's going to be interchangeable. Guys are going to get uh, regulated or relegated down and up you know in and out of it but the money is i think they've spent you know minus the six dudes that are allegedly ready to go 1.5 billion of a 600 billion dollar budget yeah um i think it's really i keep saying it's really good for golf i think it gets everybody talking it changes the the that feeling of you know, hoity-toityness towards golf. There's a generation that this is now going to, they're going to like and they're going to watch. Um, All right, so what if, I mean, the PGA is going to have to respond in some way, right? They if already they have. remain relevant. And they they're trying have. to. Hey, yes. there's more money. Hey, we're going to do different tournaments. Like immediately. Yep. Immediately they, their response was to make sure that they didn't lose Every one of them. Right. So if the PGA goes in some direction that is what the younger crowd wants to see, 
and it is more palatable or whatever. I don't know. I it, it just listen. Guys can't get their fucking heads clocked off in football like they did ten years ago. Yeah. Yet it's the biggest sport in the world. Well, maybe not the world because soccer is the biggest yeah. sport in the world. Cricket's right behind it. Football, NFL football is probably three or four, you know, as yes. far as like biggest. My point is they've continued to gain because of this. Mm-hmm. It has a lot because sports betting is up. I think sports betting is going to help golf. It's going to help every single one of these sports still still stay at the top. You think anybody would watch baseball at this point? Um. Dude, way, it's fucking hard to watch baseball. It is, and I am a huge baseball fan, and it is just, I don't know if they need to kind of do like golf, like schedule every game, almost like foursomes, like they're all out there, and you can switch cameras, but and maybe <laughs> so, like soccer, maybe more like soccer, that every game is played at the exact same time yes. within that time zone. And you, like ESPN has cameras at each game and they're just bouncing around almost like a red zone where you're seeing the yeah, good shit. Yeah, we can shit. set it up like you know, the Little League field where they got four diamonds all in a circle. We yeah. could be onto something here. We'll have live baseball started yeah, up Yeah, there we go. Thing. Let me call up the fucking the Saudis. Saudis and be like, hey man, alright. I'm like kind of a half decent grass grower or whatever. I'd love to be on your tour. You know, uh, pay me a hundred million or, or give me a percentage of this idea mm-hmm. and bring up baseball played at the same exact time. No matter where you are, it's always on. And it's just like Sunday football, like it shits all on all over the time, you know, so it's yeah. not spread out through the whole day. And it's, I don't know, you're not watching these long, boring games. You have a channel that kind of busts in and out of the action you know it's probably on a what five minute delay you can bounce around if they can't fire those people and get ones that can something (laughs) something's gonna change because i love baseball i love it and it is painful for some reason to listen to these dudes you know even just to listen to the you know the telecast is not it's not old baseball anymore because there's probably so many more influences of what so-and-so said on Twitter. Oh, yeah. gets the conversation going. I don't know. It's fucking... I saw a fucking clip on Twitter yesterday, I think, and I can't remember what they were talking about, but the two announcers were bullshitting about something, and they went through half an inning, three up, three down, and the one announcer was trying to fucking tell the other announcer how to, like, log into Twitter or some shit. They didn't call anything about the baseball game. They were just talking about bullshit. Oh, that's bad. This, yeah. And only one dude could talk about bullshit forever, and that was Vin Scully, and his day, you know, he's done. <laughs> so someone else has got to come up with something new to bring. I don't know how that sport goes other than cutting a shitload of games, but they're not going to cut any games because of the TV rights. They don't have to sell a single ticket inside of any game to make it profitable. They don't have to sell a single ticket. You know, that's extra. You know, who gives a shit? 
And then the playoffs, when everything's on national TV, it'll be full, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, cut it down a couple teams and it make is. it super competitive, just like the NBA. If the NBA had, you know, 24 teams, it'd be unbelievable. But the money it produces mm-hmm. is, you know, if every, do, if every team was a not a big three, it was a big five, like every one of them that walked out on the court to start the game were legit, you know, you're borderline a Hall of Famer, every one of you. You know, it depends on what kind of direction you go in. But right out of the gates, and you only have eight dudes on your teams, so there's not 14. <laughs> and then those guys are just like cheerleading squad dudes that just come in. You know, like the guys that uh, get Division One, or they get, was it UConn has men that get, I believe, scholarships? And they they practice with the women to be bigger, huh. tougher, stronger at like UConn. Wow. I'm pretty sure that that happens. That you get some sort of scholarship jump for being a, or maybe the walk-ons that don't make it and they get a little bit of help for being the full-time practice guys. So these women are practicing against guys that are bigger, taller, stronger. So when they go play, you know, the other women on the teams dominate. And then there's fucking banners in the rafters. Yeah. So to to bring this back to golf, um, do you think there is a way that Liv and the PGA can come to some sort of agreement that we can all just get along? Yeah. What if what if the PGA Tour runs their season to the end of East Lake here and the fall schedule, which is fucking shit anyway, and none of us really watch it, becomes the live golf, you know, three rounds, 54 holes, team events until next spring when good golf actually starts. Um, I think, yes, that is a great, like, first start to find your niche. Um... But there's also a part of the human consumption. You can only take so much. I think, uh, you know, college and college football and NFL work beautifully side by side. One's on Saturday, yeah. one's on Sunday, and then we're done, right? Yeah. And that works great. Um, you start sticking them on the same days. There's a little bit of an issue. I'm telling you. In how many ever, maybe it's next weekend, it, it comes out as like, the top 16 dudes in live are playing the top 16 dudes in the PGA and it's over. Like everyone's going to pick a side. They're now in over, you know, it's going to be a, Oh, everybody, you know, the mass is going to go PGA, but you know, Hideki has, uh, quite an army behind him, you know? So numbers wise, he creates this thing. And then there is a handful of Europeans like the Sergios. I'm imagining that most of Spain loves that fucking dude. And even most of that yep. section, like there's parts of Europe and you grab, you know, a handful of Europeans, which becomes kind of like a Ryder cup. It's, it's NWO in WWE, right? It's- and it'll all work out where one of them ends up winning again, 
but they're all going to be better for it. So the more bullshit controversy that they can talk about it, or maybe Greg Norman can get up there and kind of fire a couple darts at someone and tiger, you know, and the players do their thing. Regardless, we're still building more and more golfers and that, or more people that are involved in wondering what's going to happen in this WWE type storyline and scenario. They are, my vote is they definitely play each other in a Ryder Cup style, huge tournament. You know, you're going to have, you need a heal every good. Every good organization needs a heel. Every good organization needs the Raiders. Every good organization needs the Mets, you know, or the Yankees and the Red Sox. They all need these battles. Um, I hope they are all, half of them are sitting in the same house tonight talking about what they're creating to become this thing that's going to help all of us, all of us be marketable all of us to work together for the grow the game. It's just this speed bump kind of thing right now to iron out the shit. But right now we're decide we're figuring out real quick that some really, really fucking good golfers and some really, really good personalities are saying, fuck it. I'm going to this other side. It has 14 tournaments. Well, the PGA only tells you that you really have to play like 15 or 16 right it's right. so it's not like you're playing less like that marketing thing no, kind of has me like hmm. the guys that that you market that for or it's like oh you can play way less golf name the 190th ranked pga tour player and he's the guy that's like oh i don't have to play every week to make right. a decent amount of money a decent yeah. amount of money, you come in fucking dead last every week. Well, make the cut. You know, make the cut and you're 35 grand a week. Yeah. Oh, you got to play cat, pay caddies and your travel fee. Okay, after a couple okay. after a couple weeks of making 35 grand a week, we've got that covered. You know, I and can survive. Yeah, there's a a sponsorship that's got, you know, that's on your bag and you're wearing all their shit. You haven't paid for shit mm-hmm. in so long. You know, Matt Kuchar, you know, is the perfect guy's a human ATM machine. What really, really has he won? Not that much. Not in a long time. But even when he was a top five player at a lot of majors and or top ten player, made every cut, you know, that's that's where these guys, you know, I don't know, it's I think it's all so fucking good for golf. So good. And keep it going. Keep talking about it. Make people have opinions about it. The best things usually come out of these debate-type issues. You iron out what is good for both things. If you don't have the competition, if you don't have the American League, and you don't have the National League, when are you going to make baseball, or at least make the decision, we aren't, we're going to have, everybody's going to have a DH. And then maybe in 10 years, 20 years, they're going to be like, you know what? That kind of sucked. That's gone, and we're <laughs> going to make the game better and make them everybody hit. I don't know. It's yeah. All right, so just 
I, I like to be the kind of devil's advocate here. So I listen to a lot of podcasts because I got a 45 minute fucking commute. And I can't remember which one I heard this on. Um, but it, it might have been Alan Shipnuck. was on uh, the range at the Live Portland event. And he's walking down the range, kind of bullshitting with the players, watching them warm up. And he didn't say which player, but this guy fucking smokes a three-wood, you know, just an absolute missile. And he goes, man, that'll work. And the player turns around and says, yeah, but who cares if it doesn't? So that's that's my problem with Liv, is they don't have to give a fuck anymore. Why, why would they go grind? They're already paid. I don't see. I don't know. I think. Um, I think the more that that happens, all right. Because these guys, for me, people in very successful positions don't. You see them all the time, and you wonder why does that person work anymore? Why does that person go in anymore? You know, if I made, if I won Powerball, I'm not gonna, you know, show up to work tomorrow. I'm just gonna quit. Well, you're a fucking scumbag, man. Yeah, you're eventually probably going to put in your last days, but you're never going to hose somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. So if there's really a person out there that's ripping balls on the range and just says, ah, fuck it, it doesn't matter, well, boy, I hope that the Live Tour just catches wind that you don't give a fuck anymore, and they walk up to you and they say, you know why we've going after six dudes that are still playing in this thing, and they're lined up? because of people like you that don't give a fuck about the end product i have a hard time believing that there are guys out there that are just like nope mailing it in because it's it doesn't matter anymore i think that's a piece of shit move whether you're the guy that's flipping burgers or catching fucking carts in the grocery parking lot it's superintendent of golf course lebron james is never michael jordan larry bird any of those fuckers have never said it's all about, you know, I need to be paid more. Yeah, they may have sat down and weighed out their value, and they may have right. thought that they were overvalued, but they would never walk away and be like, it doesn't matter if I brick every one of these. All right, That's so, a piece of shit move if that person has said that. I 100% agree. Now, let's, let's rewind this a little bit. Every fucking pro golfer, when they became a pro golfer, what was their fucking dream? I want to win the Masters. I want to win a U.S. Open. I want to be the next fucking Jack, right? Now, what, you're going to go to live where you can never, potentially, never touch those tournaments again? Yeah, but they might So, be. like Max Homa said, my dream is not for sale. Yeah, but maybe, you know, in 10 years, we'll all look at it and say, hey, so-and-so was the first winner of the best guy on Live Tour. And now the Live Tour has 75 of the best players in the world. And it's a whole nother tour. And yeah. everybody's involved. And I I was the first cap. You know, I won the, fir- the most money the first five years of the Live Tour. And that got me the first pick as the Live Tour captain when we played our own team involved in this monstrous thing. I think it's yeah. it's all able to change at all times that it does matter but it doesn't matter. You know, I the, the it doesn't matter thing gets me. The guy that says I'm going to play I'm still going to play my balls off. You know, I think the 
it would be really sad to see Mickelson continue to be, you know, kind of the butt of the joke of this. Um, yeah, but at the same guy, same time, the guy's like pissed away any reputation he had. Yeah, on whose watch? Like, who thinks that? Yeah, the the masses do. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think it's sad that he's playing like shit and he's kind of getting a bad rap. I think the the acting thing with the the acting, I mean, like the leather jacket and your scruff and changing <laughs> your persona. Years. Stop. Stop that. Stop. Mm-hmm. Go be Phil Mickelson and just, just be it. I don't... It's... It's so weird to see how it's all kind of played out. There's a whole nother story behind it that none of us or any, they've got us right where they want us. If they don't, and and I mean they, PGA and live in the golf gods, have, I think, created whatever they really wanted to. The head of the PGA... What's his name? Moynihan or Monahan? Monahan? I don't know. Oh, boy, you better watch out. You know. Oh yeah. But same thing is, Goodell still has a job. You know. Uh, yeah. So, I don't. I think it's such a good thing. The more we talk about it, the more it it rattles everybody and this guys bouncing around, and I want. I guess at the end of the day is I want Liv to have, if they're going to be there, get some good, some good players, you know, get your Dr. J, you know, of the ABAs, get your Dr. J and really have a fight. And then somebody's going to buy somebody out. Have you sat down and actually turned Liv on? No, because it's not really... Well, you get it on the website, but I have not. Okay. And neither have I. And I, I, I don't know anyone that has. Uh, Casey watched a little bit of it. But I think once they get a, a deal, it's going to be totally different. You know, That'll change everything. And sure. money talks and bullshit walks. And they're doing the right thing is finding their, you know, their on-course guy in Faraday. I mean, that's a slam dunk. Everybody wants to listen to that fucking dude. Right. Um, and once they get it going or they put it on YouTube, you know, TV or something, I think that changes everything. I think once we all see it happen, because it's exactly what, I don't know, when you play golf, you got a speaker going, right? Got music going, cigars, beers, hanging yeah. out, having fun, breaking balls. Wish you had a microphone half the time because you wanted recorded what the funniest shit that fucking happened every time you play with your buddies. The funniest shit happens on a golf course, and it's yep. never recorded. And, and I'm not saying that live tour is like a circus. It, you know, it's not a circus, but I don't know. I think it's I think it's right where the things that a lot of our generation don't believe in, they're doing. But man, a lot of things that we don't believe in are working as far as businesses go. So they're just yeah. throwing it out there and chuck shit at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you got 
$600 billion to try and make it stick, that's in, probably makes it easier. And that's just the number they throw in your face. Yeah. I mean, $600 billion, that's, it's unfathomable oh, to yeah. anybody. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, it was like, oh, $1,000. Whoa, $1,000. Like that is, I've seen a pile of $1,000. Okay, I've seen seven. I've seen fourteen thousand in cash exchange for two tickets, so seventy five hundred a piece. They were yeah, it was fifteen grand, seventy five hundred a piece at the Patriots in Seattle when they were out here at the Super Bowl in cash, right in front of my face. I think that's the biggest amount of money I've ever seen in my face. That is a giant amount of money. Okay, yeah. When you put it, when you start talking a million dollars. I think we start going, uh, it's a million. Isn't that fucked up that now we go, it's a million. I'm not playing Powerball because it's a million. It's it's a million. That's like a pallet of fertilizer of ones. Right. $600 billion is so unfathomable by anybody can't even relate so what is that to us? You know, what is a billion? What's 200 million? That's so out of this world that so I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. You know, the, the money. So here's the, the best analogy I've ever heard, right? Was if you took $1 bills and stacked them on edge, like, like books on a bookshelf, right? A million dollars would be like a... And, this isn't going to be exact, but it's like 120 yards, right? So $1 bills on edge is 120 yards. You can walk that in three minutes, right? No big deal. A billion dollars is 67 miles. So now you're driving for an hour. Yeah. A trillion dollars, which, you know, they're talking about having the world's first trillionaire, is like around the earth two and a half times or some shit. Yeah. That's I, I mean, that's unreal. And to gauge what that is or what that's worth for a lot of people that are, have the biggest argument about this is nothing. It means nothing to them because they can't even fathom what that stack of any sort of cash Everybody has the biggest voice on this lives damn near paycheck to paycheck. Fuck yes. You know, it's, and the other ones sit on the other side that are collecting on the other side and go, got them right where we want them. <laughs> got them right where we want them. They're all just bitching and whining and complaining about shit that they don't even understand. Yeah. So, all in all, it's going to be fucking great for golf. I think it's going to be awesome. And when they come calling for agronomists, I'm the, I'm, ready. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. You know, the team I, that we could put together and the time that we could have by everybody that I talk about this, I'm like, yep, I'd do it. Yep, I'd do it. Yep, I'd do it. And I'm like, well, shit, this would fit right into their mold. We can go out. Yeah. We can crush beers. We can talk shit. We can fire everybody up. I mean, bottle rockets. I don't give a shit. You know, whatever we want to do. Get it going. Fuck it. It's gonna be. A I'm, I'm sending my fucking resume to Norman. <laughs> yeah, that's personal. 
It's gonna be like shark golf one dot com, at Gmail yeah. at AOL. Yeah. Well, hey man, let's close this thing down. I'm uh, looking forward to heading up there, uh, giving a yeah. little bit of fucking ass whipping because that's what I need my team to know. It's going to be a great time regardless. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll do it again when we're up there and we'll talk some more shop. Spencer Nelson, Incline Village, Incline Golf Club. Thank you for coming on to the Jingweeds. Later. Stay pissed, everybody. Love you, dance mom and dad.
how that is. I hope forever will always be the fucking thank you to Dan's mom and dad. <laughs> and I know his his mom still listens all the time and cre- critiques. It. Dan has listened to still not one episode, and his dad really? listens to everyone, and his mom listens to it and then critiques it. His dad Shit. just listens to it for entertainment, but his mom listens to it and then gives him notes. And he's so you know what's funny. So so his parents are living in my hometown, right? Yeah. And his dad was on one episode and talked about joining the the local golf club that mm-hmm. I grew up on. Oh, that's and the one you that, grew up on? Because he lives on oh, number yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a fucking ride. no. I had I had my first ace on number three there. Oh. And uh, first ace or only? Um, ace? Only. I okay. almost had another one yesterday. Oh. I don't have six inches away. Really? I don't have any. I have two albatrosses, though. Ah, Oh, shit. Which is bananas. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Right. Uh, Yeah, one was was 189 out, and the other one was 210. Oh, damn. Yeah. Those are like, yeah, that's better than my ace for sure. Uh, Played last year at um, Dove Valley Ranch, Ed Shimkus, who runs the hack attack, uh, 263. Is where I shot the laser sitting right next to him, and he is. I swear to God, it left his club, and two of us went, "Oh, that's got a chance." It was seventy yards away from his club, <laughs> and we went, "Oh my God, that's got a chance!" And it was like it was on a string from the beginning. Two sixty three uphill, smashed a three wood. Obviously, not bad Damn. for a fifty seven year old dude. Yeah. But, hey man, I, but anyway, that episode that, that Ed was on, he said he joined the club and like got no like, thank you, you know, we looked, yeah. joined the men's club, no like reach out, nothing, you know? So I called my dad up and he's a member there and I'm like, hey, do you know Ed? And he's like, yeah, he's the fucking anesthesiologist out of the hospital. I was like, all right, he lives on number four. He just joined the club. And got no, like, thanks, reach out, nothing. He's like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? So he fuck. I sent him the link to the episode, and then he sent the episode to the president of the fucking men's club and the president of the golf course. Nice! <laughs> yes! That is fucking awesome. I'm editing this entire story back into the whole thing because it's still yeah. recording. I always record before and after because so the best shit happens when we're not, like, on this and it's the best yeah that is fucking awesome so mm-hmm. does he know so you, your dad and his and dan's dad know each other or like they know of each other they i'm sure they know of each other my dad's like the a big lawyer in town there and obviously he knew dan's dad so that's fucking a riot that's i mean the town's riot. got six thousand people in it that was always the joke when i was growing up is i fucking know everyone in town oh yeah Yep, mine is the same way. When I first moved to my hometown, it had 13,000. I think it was 18 when I left. It had zero traffic lights at all when I left there. And it had, I remember coming home my sophomore year in uh, college and wheeling up like the back way. And I was like, whoa. And my roommate, she goes, what? And I was like, there's a stoplight in the center of town. This is the first time I've ever seen it. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, it was. I think it went to eighteen thousand or something shit like that by the time I moved here. So yeah, it's 
everybody knows everybody. We would drive by center of town and we'd look to our right hand side and when we cut through if there was three police cars we had the entire town to ourselves you gauged <laughs> you gauged what you could do by looking over there and seeing how many cop cars the downside was is typically in sports if you played sports in the town they all knew what you drove oh, because yeah. you were one of 50 kids that everybody knew Yep. You know, our high school football team, varsity team, and we would dress all of our freshmen. Everybody was like 53 dudes. Jeez. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's wifey doing? Good. Yeah. She's pregnant. I think I heard that. Yeah. 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 How far so. along? That was part of my other reason of asking. I'm going to... Uh, uh, like- Hold on. Like 19 weeks or hold something? On, I'm gonna, so January 10th. I'm going to hold. I'm gonna hit pause, hold the one second, and I'm going to piss and grab a beer.